Tell me what you're afraid of. You're a voice actor. You're an entrepreneur. You're a VOpreneur. Welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. The Everyday VOpreneur Podcast is brought to you by the VoiceOver Marketing Playbook. If you've got professional demos, a professional home studio, professional training, and you're still not booking, it's likely due to your marketing. The good news is we can fix it. The VoiceOver Marketing Playbook is a step-by-step, easy-to-follow marketing course that will give you a clear plan for finding your own leads, building your own client base, and becoming the consistently working voice actor you want to be. The playbook will be available again April 9th through 18th at voiceovermarketingplaybook.com. The VOpreneur Podcast. Hey, it doesn't suck. Not as funny as Conan. Not as cute as Seth Meyers. Not as smart as Colbert. But he's one of us, and that counts for something. Here's Mark Scott, the original Everyday VOpreneur. Hey, what's up? I'm Mark Scott, and welcome to another episode of the Everyday VOpreneur podcast. Can't wait to get into this one with you. But first, I want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for sharing those reviews. I truly do appreciate it. And it goes a long way to helping other people to find the Everyday VOpreneur podcast. Remember, we are available everywhere. Fine podcasts are given away for free. So if you would take a minute to leave a review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or Podbean. Wherever you listen, I would be very grateful for that. And please don't forget to share the podcast with your friends. Share it on Facebook, share it on LinkedIn, share it on Twitter, throughout social media, so that other people can find and listen and learn, not just from me, but from everyday VOpreneurs who participate in every single episode. So what we are going to talk about today is going to be an interesting one because we're going to dive into everyday fears of everyday VOpreneurs. This one comes as a result of a question that I posted on the Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash VOpreneur, asking people to talk about some of their fears when it comes to the voiceover business. One of the things that I have discovered as a coach is that whether people realize it or not, at the root of almost every single challenge that they come to me with from a business and marketing standpoint, there is a fear. They don't always realize that it's a fear. They don't dig deep enough to see that it's a fear. But when you start to peel back the layers, it becomes very obvious somewhere along the way, there is a fear connected, and that is what is keeping them from seeing the success that they want to see. One of the most common statements that I hear, just about every single person that I do coaching with, whether it's through the voiceover marketing playbook or whether it's through private individual coaching that I do, every single time I hear, I don't want to market because I don't want to annoy people. Every single time without fail. Show you show of hands, you know, raise it if you've said it. I don't want to market because I don't want to annoy people. Somewhere along the way, this narrative came into our head that by marketing our voiceover services, we're going to annoy people. And I still haven't figured out where that narrative came from, but I want you to understand that it is absolutely a narrative. It is a story that you are telling yourself And you're telling yourself that maybe because somebody else has previously told you that story. But because of that narrative, you now don't want to do the marketing. But let's dig deeper, peel back the layers. And what do we have? We have fear. And there are a couple of different fears that potentially come into play. Is it really that you don't want to annoy people? Or is it a fear that they're not going to like your demo? Is it a fear that they're not going to hire you? 
Is it a fear that they are going to hire you? And then you're going to have to be able to do the work and, and deliver. Somewhere in there is a fear. And that fear is actually what is really keeping you from doing the marketing. Nine out of 10 times, it has nothing to do with whether or not you really think you're going to annoy somebody. Marketing is a part of everyday life. Look at it. Look at your inbox. Look at your social media feeds. Every time you turn on the TV, every time you turn on the radio, every time you drive down the street and see a billboard, marketing is everywhere. It is a part of our daily lives. It's something that we have come to expect, that we have grown comfortable with. It's, it's just part of our existence on planet Earth. And so the idea that as voice actors, we should be worried about annoying people if we're going to do marketing, it's really just an excuse. At the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. And when I do coaching with people, one of the things that I have done in the past is said, I want you to tell me your absolute thermonuclear situation for sending a marketing email to somebody. So you go online, you find a lead, you send that email. What is the absolute thermonuclear situation? And people say things like, well, you know, they, they listen to my demos and decide that my demos suck. And, and then they tell their friends and then their friends tell their friends and then their friends tell their friends. And before you know it, there's nobody left in the entire world of production for me to work with. And then I ask them, but has that ever happened? And then they always have to pause. And I said, OK, so maybe it's never happened to you. Has it ever happened to anybody else? And then they have to pause. Because let's be honest, if that situation actually played out somewhere, it would get shared on social media. We would know about it. And so what they come to realize is that they've created these fears in their head that are stemming from their marketing, and that's keeping them from doing the things that they need to do. And so my question to you is, what are you actually afraid of? Because I don't believe for one second that you're actually afraid of annoying people. I think that you are afraid of the results that could come from sending those emails, from making those connections on social media, from responding and, and replying to tweets and leaving comments and making cold calls and doing all of those things that you need to do to grow your business. There's a deeper fear that is connected to that. One of the fears that I mentioned a couple of minutes ago was the fear of success, which sounds really weird, right? Why would we be afraid of success? But maybe it's because that we're not quite ready yet. Maybe we haven't done the training that we need to do. Or again, maybe we're using it as an excuse. And so the idea of a fear of success can actually be incredibly paralyzing. It can actually stop us from doing the things that we want to do. Because we know that if we do them and things go well, then we're going to have to be able to perform. We're going to have to be able to record the voiceover. Our audio is going to have to be great. Our delivery is going to have to be great. The business aspect of things is going to have to be all lined up so that we can send out that invoice and collect that payment and the whole transaction goes smoothly. And maybe if you've never done it before, maybe you're afraid of doing that. You're afraid of what that's going to look like. And so it's easier for you to just make an excuse to not market. And so fear of success creates a paralysis. Maybe this is going to sound familiar to you. Check out this story from everyday VOpreneur, Dehira Gaskin-Rivera. When Mark asked the VOpreneur Facebook group, what are some of your voiceover business-related fears? I'm an introvert, so I debated posting my comment for several minutes, thinking if I post it, then people are going to see it, like it. It's going to be a thing. I'll be putting myself in the spotlight. And what if something comes of it? OMG. 
What if Mark asked me to elaborate my answer for his podcast? Ah! Fear of success. Sounds crazy, I know. Who would be afraid to succeed? It's literally the goal. If I try and fail, it sucks, sure. But okay, well, I gave it a shot. I know the routine. Grieve over the death of yet another dream, polish that resume, and take your designated seat in cubicle world again. My mind races when I think, in what drastic ways will my life change if I'm actually successful with this? The anxiety of not knowing. Will I be able to keep up with the new expectations of me? Will I have time for my family? For the things I enjoy? Will someone try to take advantage of me? I really hate being played for a fool. Even the positives. What if I actually become Tara Strong or Seth MacFarlane famous? Sure, I'll be able to pay my bills, but the loss of anonymity. Will people treat me differently? On and on, a million what-ifs bring me to paralysis and then the self-sabotage. Usually in the form of putting off auditioning, practicing, and marketing to do laundry, dishes, and wash the baseboards. Because what if I get that gig and the next one? And the next, and now I'm in demand and I have clients and agents calling me when deep down I feel like a perpetual newbie. So I take a deep breath and tell myself that chances are that this one audition for an IVR phone system is not going to make me a household name. But it is a struggle because what if? Really what Dahira is talking about is a whole series of problems that don't even exist yet. She spends so much time thinking about what if, what if, what if, that you create all of these problems that don't even exist and as a result, you can't even get started. That's 100% fear-based. That is a narrative that you are telling yourself. That's a story. It's a story that you are telling yourself that you're not going to be able to do this. And the more that you tell yourself that story, the more that your brain starts to believe it. And the more that your brain starts to believe it, the harder that your brain works to protect yourself. Because at the end of the day, the human brain is designed to do one thing. It is designed to help us survive. Our brain is always going to do whatever is necessary to help us survive. And if you have created this narrative in your head that says that you don't have the ability to do this or you're afraid of what is going to happen if you have to do this, your brain is going to do what it needs to do to help you survive. And that often means not doing anything. If you don't send the emails, if you don't reach out to the new leads, if you don't try to bring in the voiceover work, then nothing bad can happen. Except, of course, that you're not going to make any money, which creates a whole other series of problems for you, but that's not the way you're thinking about this. You're just thinking about protecting yourself in the moment. That is what your brain is designed to do. It is designed to help you survive. And so going right in line with what Dahira said, Kara Scott is kind of following along with that, picking up where Dahira left off. Same thing, different story, absolutely relevant fear, and another one that I hear all the time. Listen to what Kara Scott has to say. My fear is actually receiving an offer for a big e-learning job. I know that e-learning can be very lucrative, but I'm actually really scared of long-form narration, and I'm afraid my editing is too slow. It takes me probably three hours to edit 20 minutes of audio. So I feel very ill-prepared for the e-learning genre in general, and that would be my biggest fear. It's a fear of success, which is sort of strange, but I definitely would be afraid of not being able to deliver. So with Kara, she's afraid of booking the job, because she's afraid that she might not be able to deliver. 
And so that becomes a fear of success. The question then is, what can Kara do about it? When you sit down and you look rationally at any of these fears, any of these excuses that are keeping you from doing what you need to do in your voiceover business, most of them come back to confidence and training. And those two things, of course, go hand in hand. The more training that you have, the more confident that you are. The more confident that you are, the less fear that you will have to overcome in order to do what you need to do. So the obvious thing for Kara is to work on her editing. And that is something that I know for a fact that Kara has been doing, learning new systems and processes. Hey, we're creative folks, okay? We're, we're creative folks by nature. We can do the performance stuff. We can get in the booth and do the talking and do the recording and, and deliver that really great performance. But being able to get out, you know, we're not all audio engineers. Not everybody understands it. Not everybody enjoys it. Not everybody wants to do it. And so that can be a paralyzing fear. What happens when you book that 50,000-word e-learning job that's literally going to take over your life for a week or two and maybe even longer if you're not prepared to do the editing? And so while you're thinking about how amazing that payday would be at $2,500 per finished hour, you're also sitting there freaking out about, I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do the work. And so you create this paralyzing fear. Now, part of what Kara's done, though, just like Tahira, created a problem that doesn't yet exist. One of the things that I learned very on in this business was that if I was going to sit down and get all of my ducks in a row before I started, I was never going to get started because there's too much to learn. There are too many variables that come into play, too many things that happen along the journey that you can't even always prepare for. And so I decided there came a point when I just needed to get going, just get started and figure it out as you get there. And so that's one of the things that I encourage Kara with is, you know, dig in. And then when the time comes that you book that monster e-learning job, if you're still not ready, there are resources out there that can help you to do what you need to do. There are ways to get around that. And so we have a couple of options when it comes to all of these different fears. The easy option, of course, is to simply remain in fear and avoid, freeze up, paralyze, not do anything. or we have the option of figuring out, what do I have to do in order to overcome it? What are the steps that I have to put in play? So for Kara, does that look like doing more coaching to get more comfortable with their editing? Or maybe it looks like on those big e-learning jobs, making sure that part of her quote includes enough room in the budget to outsource the editing. So there's always ways around it, right? There's always a solution to the problem. But again, that comes back to the narratives that we're feeding ourselves. And for some reason, we have a tendency to continually feed ourselves the negative narratives. I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. I'm not good enough to do this. What if I annoy somebody? What if I offend somebody? What if they don't like me? What if they don't like my demo? And on and on and on and on. And it's always a negative narrative. Why are we always feeding ourselves a negative narrative? We'll get back to this week's episode in just a moment, but first I want to take a minute to talk to you about the voiceover marketing playbook. You know, if you're one of those people who has this fear of marketing, you don't know what to do, you don't know what to say, you're afraid that you're going to annoy people, you know, you don't want to get it wrong, the voiceover marketing playbook can help you overcome all of that. One of the things that I've actually built into the course, in addition to practical actionable strategies for marketing yourself through social media, through email, etc., is also a psychological component. You got to get your head right. 
You gotta get your mindset right if you're going to succeed not only in your marketing, but in voiceover in general. And so that is one of the things that is covered in the voiceover marketing playbook. Just like any athletic playbook is going to teach you the plays that you need in order to execute in the game, the coach is also going to get inside your head and make sure that your head is right in order to be able to execute those plays. That's part of what I wanna be able to do. I wanna help you get your head right so that armed with the appropriate strategies and tactics, you are going to be able to succeed. Marketing doesn't have to be a fear. It doesn't have to be the thing that stands between you and success in your voiceover business. I can help you overcome those fears. I can teach you what you need to know, and I can guide you in a way that you will do the things that you need to do in order to succeed. The voiceover marketing playbook is going to be available again very soon, April 9th through 18th, 2019. And that is the last time that it is going to be available until the fall. So you're not going to want to miss out on this enrollment, an opportunity to get access to the video course. And if you choose to some private coaching as well, to make sure that you have all of the tools in place that you need in order to successfully market your voiceover business, start finding those leads and start booking those jobs. All of the details are available at voiceovermarketingplaybook.com. Again, Playbook will be available from April 9th through the 18th, 2019. And I'm looking forward to an opportunity to work with you. Now back to our show. Changing your story. It sounds really easy. And in some ways it is. But at the same time, those stories are there because that's what we've been programmed with our whole entire life. Whether it is that fear of success, that fear of failure, that fear of rejection. Everybody talks about rejection and voiceover, and that has become a whole entire narrative unto itself, right? If you are going to work in voiceover, you better get yourself ready for rejection. How many times have you heard that from a coach? Or how many times have you read that in a Facebook group? You got to get yourself ready for rejection. And so that narrative, when it's repeated in our heads enough times, takes hold. And so every time we approach an audition, now we're approaching that audition almost from a place of expectancy of rejection. How do you think that's impacting your auditions? If you're taking that mindset into the booth with you, if you're walking into the booth and maybe you found an opportunity on a casting site or maybe it came through one of your agents and you're walking in and you're thinking, oh, there's probably going to be 200 people auditioning for this project and man, I'm probably not going to get it anyway, but you know, I'll give it a shot. Is that going to give you the confidence that you need in order to nail that audition? Probably not. And so it all comes back to changing the narrative. Somebody's got to book the job. Why not me? I've done my training. I'm good enough. Why not me? Why don't we tell ourselves that story? Why do we always tell ourselves the story about rejection? Why do we always tell ourselves a story that comes from the negative? One of the things that I hope, if nothing else from this episode, is that you'll pay closer attention to the things that you say. If you'll pay closer attention to the narratives that you are thinking and that you are speaking, because there is so much power behind that thought and there is so much power behind those words. You've got to be so aware of the things that you're saying and you have to be very cognizant of the messages that you're sending. Send yourself some positive messages and that is going to go a long way to helping you overcome your fear. Now, there's another fear that a lot of people have which isn't as easy to get over. One of the things that I talked about in an earlier episode of the podcast is that the internet has given everybody the opportunity to have a platform, even people who probably shouldn't have a platform. And with enough social media posts and enough YouTube videos, 
it's really easy for just about anybody to make themselves look like an expert. And so when you are starting out and you're trying to figure out who am I going to coach with, who am I going to do my demos with, what's the very first thing you do? You go online and you start doing a little bit of research, right? Maybe you do some Google searches, look up some people on Facebook, look up some stuff on Twitter or some other form of social media. And the people that come up first, generally speaking, are the people that we assume can be trusted because, hey, they're the first results in Google or the first results in Facebook or the first results in Twitter. But that doesn't always mean that those are the right people. It's so easy for anybody now to make themselves look like an expert. But a lot of them are just out to make a buck. And they don't actually care about you and your future success. Lori Bailey has a fear that is shared by a lot of people. It's one of the things that I talk to people about on a weekly basis. Listen to Lori's story. I am very hesitant and I'm afraid because I spend a lot of money with a company and I was told that the demos through them were very boring, very vanilla. So I am scared to take guidance from somewhere else when I might have to potentially put out more money. So based on that experience, I am looking for guidance. I want someone that I can trust. However, again, I'm still a little gun shy about that. I'm not quite sure who I can trust. In today's world, it really is hard to know who you can trust. It's hard because there are so many people out there who make themselves look really good, make themselves look like an expert, and the fact of the matter is they're not. And it's really tough. If you've dropped 1500 or 2000 or I know people that have spent up to $5,000 on coaching and demo production that in the end left them with nothing that they could use. And that is a major blow. That is not an easy thing to overcome. And so when I listen to Lori say that she doesn't know who to trust to move forward, I get it. And part of it makes me angry and part of it almost makes me want to cry a little because this is my industry, right? I love this industry and it ticks me off when people take advantage of people in our industry. If you go back to episode two of the Everyday Vopreneur podcast, I talk about first steps for voice actors and who to trust. I address that specific issue. It's not always easy to know who to trust. But one of the things that you can do is better prepare and better educate yourself up front. Just like when you go to a job interview and you have to provide references on your resume and a smart employer is going to follow up with those references, we as voice actors, we need to do the same thing. We need to ask for references and we need to follow up with those references and not just follow up with the company that's giving them to us, but actually contact people and say, hey, tell me about your experience. Listen to the demos that they're producing. Talk to other people who have done coaching with them. Find out whether or not those people have had success. Find out whether or not those people had good experiences or bad experiences. But then that isn't always easy either because here comes another fear. It's the fear of reprisal. When you've had a bad experience with a demo production company or with a coach, nobody wants to be the person that goes online and says it because they're afraid that that is going to come back to them in some way. And I understand that. And at the same time, that frustrates me. Because what's the very first thing that we do when we have a bad customer service experience, whether it's in retail or at a restaurant or whatever? It's the very first thing we do. Most of the time, we go online and we vent about it. We vent about it on Twitter. We vent about it on Facebook. You know, if you have a bad experience at a restaurant, you leave a bad review on Yelp. 
You know, we have no problem calling people out when we don't get good service, except within our own industry. Nobody wants to be the one that calls somebody out in this industry because of a fear of reprisal. And that creates a whole other challenge because now it makes it even harder to figure out who to trust because there are no bad reviews in voiceover. For whatever reason, there are no bad reviews in voiceover. Now, just like I said in episode two of the podcast, ask me. And I know it's easy. I could be one of those guys who's just created a platform for himself. And how do you even know if you can trust me or not? You can. I assure you that you can. And I am happy to tell you straight up what I know about a coach, a demo producer, whatever. And I'm happy to point you in the direction of people who can actually help you. And I will steer you away from people who I think can't help you. And I've gotten called out for that before. I've gotten in trouble over things that I have said because I haven't endorsed particular people or particular coaches or particular demo producers, but I'm not going to throw my name and my reputation and whatever social clout that I have behind people who don't deserve it. I'm going to direct you to people that I have personal experience with, people that I have worked with, people that I know that you can trust because I don't want to see you get taken advantage of. It's a big fear. It's a very real fear within the voiceover industry, and it's one of the harder ones to overcome. And I absolutely understand that. But Lori, just know that there are good people that are out there, people who aren't trying to take advantage of you and people who genuinely want to help you succeed. So we've talked about bad coaching, talked about bad demos, talked about fear of failure, fear of success, how that fear carries through into the studio when we're doing our auditions, but there's something else that a lot of people are afraid of, and particularly with new people, we're afraid of rates. I'm going to be honest with you. I've been doing this for a really long time. I've literally voiced thousands of projects, and I still find the subject of rates sometimes to be very overwhelming and confusing. And there are times when jobs come to me, and I'm like, I don't even know where to begin. And I'll just say, hey, look, can I send this to my agent? And if they say no, I don't even feel bad about losing the opportunity because I know how much stress and agony it would have cost me trying to get that priced right, and I probably wouldn't have priced it right, and that might have even hurt me in the long run anyway. So if you're one of those people who are afraid of rates, don't feel bad, because whether they'll admit it or not, there are veteran talent who still struggle with the subject of rates. And one of those areas of struggle, one of those fears, is the fear of underpricing yourself. One of the things that I sometimes joke about is if a client comes to you for a voiceover job and they ask you for a quote and you respond back to them with a number and they accept that number, no questions asked, you've probably left money on the table. It's something that I joke about even in my own business. If they accept that first number really quick, you probably left a little bit of money on the table. Now, as long as you're getting the rate that you wanted, then you're still doing good. You're still winning. Don't sweat it. Don't think about it. Don't stress over it. But... We do sometimes have a fear of underpricing ourselves. Listen to this story from Brad Storm. My biggest fear is underpricing myself. Um, I've done it in the past as a ring announcer, and uh, it seems like it's happening again sometimes here because with the GVAA uh, guide, that's great. Um, it gives you some, you know, kind of a range of where to shoot at, but certain things are not going to be in that guide. Like, for instance, uh, writing copy or writing a script uh, for a voiceover that you're going to provide. 
Um, things have come up in that nature. Um, audio books, you know, you got to go in that spectrum and you got to make sure you're not undervaluing your time because there's a lot of time that's devoted to that. And even in commercial spots, you got to figure it out. So, Mark, I just want to ask you, what do I need to do to overcome my fears of underpricing myself uh, outside of believing in myself? So Brad asks a great question. What do I have to do to overcome my fears of underpricing myself outside of believing in myself? And, you know, that is honestly the biggest factor. And the fact that Brad recognizes that is really important, right? If you are confident in yourself, if you are confident in your training, if you are confident in your ability to deliver, then you are going to be confident in the rates that you are charging. And when you are confident in the rates that you are charging, it's going to be a lot easier for you to go to the table and say, this is what I want. I was very excited, very happy, very relieved when I finally got to a place in my business where I didn't care if I lost the job anymore. And don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm out here making so much money that I can just afford to, to turn away work all the time. That is absolutely not the case. But when I finally accepted my true value, then I wasn't worried anymore about not working with people who didn't see it. And one of the things that I did was I changed the narrative inside of my head. This is another fear, okay? I want you to pay attention to this. If you are coming at this from a place of desperation, if you are coming at a place where I have to have the work, I have to make the money, I have to pay my rent, that is a place, that is a fear of desperation. That is a, a fear that there is not going to be enough. And that is going to make you make decisions that you probably shouldn't be making. You're going to work for people who you shouldn't be working for, and you're going to accept rates that you shouldn't be accepting because of that fear, because of that fear of lack. And so one of the things that I worked really hard on for a couple of years, in all honesty, and I still have to be aware of it today, is recognizing that there is more than enough opportunity out there for every single one of us. There is literally millions upon millions upon millions of dollars available to be made in the voiceover industry. There is enough for all of us, I promise you. And when I started realizing that, and when I started believing that, I was able to get over this fear of lack. And that put me into a place where I was able to say, no, I didn't have to take the $100 job because I knew that there was a $500 job out there. And I knew that by not taking that $100 job, I was leaving a void. I was creating a void for that $500 job to come in and fill it. And that's a really important place to be. You have to get yourself to that point where you do believe in yourself and where you do believe that there is enough opportunity out there and where you do accept your value and you're not afraid to say no. Don't ever be afraid to say no. One of the things that I always talk about is that the clients who pay the least are often the clients that expect the most and they are the most demanding clients to work with. And nobody wants to be in that situation. I've been in that situation in the past and I've actually had to let clients go because I would wake up in the morning with this sense of dread about having to work with them again. And that's not a good place to be because that carries over into every other aspect of your business. So what do you have to do to overcome your fears of underpricing? Yes, you do have to believe in yourself. You do have to know your value. And all of that comes 
from educating yourself. Knowing what your worth is, knowing what fair market value is for projects, having a solid understanding of rates, and accepting that this is what you're going to take. Knowing your bottom line, right? Once you know your bottom line, then you can't underprice yourself because you you have a line that you will not cross. I will not go below this. I will say no to every opportunity that is below this. And that's one of the keys to any successful negotiation. You cannot negotiate from a place of power if you are not prepared to say no and walk away. Once a client knows that they have got you at a particular rate because you settled on this one job, trust me, it's never going to be that one job. It's going to be every job going forward. So, Brad, you do have to believe in yourself. You do have to know your worth. You do have to respect your value. You do have to erase that fear of lack and know that there is abundance out there, that there's plenty of opportunities for everyone. And you do have to educate yourself. You know, the GVGA rate guide is, is really a great resource. And one of the things that frustrates me, when somebody comes into a Facebook group and they say, I'm really trying to figure out how to quote this particular project, and they lay out the details of the project, and 100 people immediately respond with, go to the GVAA rate guide, go to the GVAA rate guide, go to the GVAA rate guide. Guess what you just did? You just did nothing. You offered nothing of value to that person because you didn't take the time to listen to their question and respond to their direct need. Did it ever occur to you that maybe they did look at the GVAA rate guide, but they found it overwhelming? Did it ever occur to you that they did look at the GVAA rate guide, but they weren't able to decipher from it what they were trying to do? And before you go and judge them, let me tell you something. I've been doing this for a long time. I'm a six-figure voice actor. I'm very successful in my business. And there are times that I look at the GVAA rate guide and say, what the crap does that mean? Because it can be confusing. It can be overwhelming. Especially if it's something that you don't always do. When I get into genres that I don't traditionally work in and I don't fully understand how it works, sometimes it can be overwhelming. So if somebody posts a question in a group, don't just default refer them to the GVAA rate guide. Maybe take a minute to help them actually work through it, to help them actually come up with a rate. Actually assist them and show them how it works. So that the next time, they don't need that because now they get it. There have been so many times where somebody has asked me a question about rates and rather than going back and forth with email, I will respond to them quickly and just say, hey, do you have time to jump on Zoom? And then we'll jump on Zoom and we'll have a conversation right there and we'll sit down and we'll figure it out together right on Zoom. Because I know if they post it in the group, the group's just going to say, go to GVAA and that's not actually going to solve the problem. Part of our fear when it comes to rates is because we just don't understand how it all works. And sometimes it's not easy to figure out how it all works. And so hopefully there are people out there in your life and speaking into your business who can help you overcome that fear by helping you to get a better education and helping you to have that confidence in yourself. One of the greatest moments in your business is going to be the first time that you say no to a job and you're still okay. I know that was a difference maker for me. When I turned away a client offering a decent amount of money, but not even close to market value, when I turned that away and I still paid my rent the next month, I knew I was going to be okay. I knew I didn't have anything to be afraid of anymore when it came to rates. I knew that one way or another, I was going to figure it out 
and I knew that there was always going to be another opportunity right around the corner as long as I was willing to go and look for it. And that was a big deal for me. Brad, thanks for sharing your story. You know, this uh, recently, about two weeks ago, from the time this episode's broadcasting, I lost one of my best ongoing clients. I'd been working with them for a couple of years. It was an automotive dealership. I did a couple of radio spots, a couple of TV spots for them every single month, like clockwork. And it was an amazing opportunity, amazing gig. I worked for the agency and the agency sent me an email to say the dealer has moved to a different agency. We lost the account. And so because they lost the account, I lost the account. So right off the bat, boom, there goes over $1,000 a month out of my regular recurring income. Now, a few years ago, that would have been devastating to me. I would have been freaking out over that completely, and I fully admit it. Now that I have started feeding myself a different narrative, again, coming back to that narrative that there is abundance, that there is always opportunities out there, that the next one is right around the corner. Maybe you're familiar with the idea of the vacuum law of prosperity. You got to create a void, right? So I let go of this $1,000 client and make way for a $2,000 client. I absolutely believe it can happen because I've seen it happen before. But that fear of losing clients can be paralyzing, especially if all of your eggs end up in one basket. Like if you've got one client that is providing you with the vast majority of your income and that client goes away one day, what's that going to do to your business? Tom Deere is the VO strategist. I had an opportunity to sit in on a couple of sessions that Tom did at the Mid-Atlantic VoiceOver Conference in 2018, and I felt like a couple of his business courses uh, should have been required learning for voice actors. Listen to what Tom has to say about clients going away. I can't say that I have any active fears uh, in the voiceover industry that I'm willing to share with you. Kidding. Uh, But I do want to talk about an ongoing concern that I have as a professional full time voice talent, and that's client turnover. This is a a reality that we have to deal with. Let me tell you, there's nothing more wonderful than landing your first client and then your second and your third. And you know what? There's going to be a point where that first client may go away and it may have absolutely nothing to do with you. Some businesses go out of business. Um, sometimes the person that was your contact within that company has left in between contact cycles. And now you have to start the relationship all over again with somebody else in the company. One of my biggest clients from a few years ago, that year they were my number one client. The next year, the end client got bought by a company and they spent an entire year restructuring their business. So my number one client just vanished without warning. They came back a year later, but you know that was a bit of a scramble. It's critical as a voiceover business, as an effective voiceover business, for you to be constantly maintaining a marketing presence. Always be moving forward with your marketing. Always be reaching out to new clients and existing clients and and past clients. Because if you ever rest on your laurels and thinking, oh, I got all these clients, I don't need to market, guess what? There's always going to be some point in the not-too-distant future where your business is going to slow down. And when it slows down and when some clients start to go away, whether it's due to economic pressures or replacements in the company or who knows what, you need to be able to replace those clients. You always need to keep the silo full. Never, never, never rest when it comes to your marketing. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. And it's not going to be your fault. In fact, it'll have nothing to do with you at all. Just like in my situation, 
The agency lost the deal, so I lose the deal by default. It is going to happen. Clients are going to go away, and you have to be prepared for it. You know, this kind of goes back to what we talked about in the Good, the Bad, the Ugly of Online Casting episode, where, you know, you can't build your entire business on a casting site model because what if 123 or or Voices.com, what if one day they changed their business model and now it's completely screwed your business? Same thing goes with your own marketing. You can't get complacent. You can't build your entire business on the back of one main client. The time is going to come when for any one of a thousand reasons that client is going to move on and you are going to have a void that you are going to have to fill. Don't be afraid of that happening. The thing is, we know it's going to happen, right? So it's one of those things that we can prepare for in advance. And if you are preparing for it in advance, and by preparing, I mean if you are marketing every day, if you are constantly adding new leads into the pipeline, then you know that there's always going to be another opportunity coming. And so you don't have to have that fear of somebody going away. Don't ever fear the loss of money. Because as soon as you start to have this fear of a loss of money, it's going to change a narrative in your head. It's going to put a negative energy around money and a negative energy around income. And what happens if you get afraid of losing clients? Ultimately, you're going to stop looking for new ones because you're going to be afraid that you're going to lose them too. And so in order to not lose them, you just don't go out and find them in the first place. And all of this starts with a narrative. It all starts with a story that we feed ourselves. So just feed yourself that narrative that there is abundance, that there is opportunity out there for all of us and spend time every single day going after that opportunity. Spend time every single day putting those new leads into your database so that you're not reliant on one or two people for all of your income. Don't keep all your eggs in one basket. I really hope that as you listen to this episode that it's triggering some things with you, that, that you're, you're starting to see how the narratives that we feed ourselves come into play and that there's always a solution for every one of these fears and that if you just take the time to look at it from a slightly different perspective, it can make all the difference between moving forward in your career or being stuck in a state of paralysis, trying to avoid the fears. When I posted this conversation on the Everyday Viopreneur Facebook group. And I just asked people to share their fears with me. You know, I got so many, so many great answers and so many genuine fears. And it really opened up the door to some really beautiful conversation. And I had a lot of respect for the way that people were opening up to each other and, and sharing with each other because, you know, we, we all feel the same things, right? We're just at different states. We're, we're at different stages in our journeys. And so some of the things that people were sharing, I don't identify with today, but I identified with three years ago. I know what it was like. I've been there and I've worked through it and I'm proof that you can work through it. And so while all of this amazing conversation was going on, of course, there had to be one person that had to to say one thing that just derailed the whole thing into absolute chaos and hilarity. And as funny as it was, I know that every single one of us have had the thought that Tim Johnson has when it comes to fears in our business. Oh, diarrhea in the booth. You know you've thought it. You know you've thought it. In fact, I would venture to say that you are not a legitimate voice actor if somewhere you don't have a secret 
audio file of your burps and farts and other bodily noises that have taken place while you have been in the booth. We've all been there. We've all thought it. It just took Tim to not only to share it in the group, but then to so eloquently express it for us in the podcast. And I think that's a really great note to end it on. As serious as we got, as deep as we got, you know, at the end, we still get to have a little bit of a laugh because every single one of us has thought at some point about being in the booth and holding back a belch, holding back a fart, or trying to hold back diarrhea. Thanks for going there, Tim. (laughs) We appreciate it. Guys, that pretty much wraps up another episode, and I thank you so much for taking the time to listen, for leaving those reviews on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and Podbean, for sharing this podcast on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, everywhere. I appreciate it so much. And I thank you to everybody who contributed to today's episode, to the VO strategist, to Tom Deere. Thank you to Tim Johnson, to Kara Scott, to Dahira Gaskin-Rivera, to Brad Storm, and to Lori Bailey for sharing your fears and knowing that there are people out there that connect, that understand, that relate, that have had some of those same struggles. Thank you so much. Guys, don't forget to get active in the VOPreneur community on Facebook because that is ultimately where I get some of the ideas that inspire this podcast. And so I'm always open and always looking forward to hearing from you and always looking for great stories to share in upcoming episodes. Also, don't forget that you can order your VOPreneur swag now. Let everybody know that you are a VOPreneur. Tons of new designs, tons of new colors. I even redesigned the original voiceover hoodie. Uh, So some new designs for t-shirts and hoodies for that as well. All of it is available at vopreneur.com. A special thanks to Uncle Roy who assisted with some of the production. You can check him out at antlandproductions.com. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll catch you on the next one. The Everyday Vopreneur Podcast. Available everywhere fine podcasts are given away for free. Mostly, we think. Your number one marketing tool is your voiceover demos. When sending out demos or posting them online, you want to be sure they're playable on any device and with any browser. VoiceZam's demo player does exactly that. Plus, it offers your listeners more flexibility than a traditional audio player. Sign up at msvo.me slash msvoicezam and receive three months of VoiceZam for the price of one. Sign up now at msvo.me slash msvoicezam. And that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for hanging out. Want more Vopreneur goodness? Jump online at vopreneur.com.